Welcome to the weekend wrap up. This is Zoe, the intern here at KLRC. Maybe you're like me and you don't catch everything on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. I'm sharing highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Middays with Isaac and Robert, and The Drive Home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. This week, Mark and Christy talked about how Jesus really can do amazing things. Here's what they have to say. If you're just joining us, this morning's been filled with these really encouraging reminders of what Jesus actually can do mm-hmm. in our lives. And there's something about sharing our own stories with each other. that's so filling for each other to just be reminded, like, especially when you're going through something hard, mm-hmm. the, you know, the... The lies could start swirling all around where you're like, I don't know, God, are you really going to do this? But I was just thinking about how often you read in, even in the Bible where all it took was somebody to go up and say, Jesus, I know you're able. So if you're willing, I trust you to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he's always going to do it the way we want it done or when we want it done. But yeah. that heart that can say, I believe you can do it. That's right. So if you want to do it. I believe it. That's right. And so many of our listening family members have chimed in. Um, One wrote in, she said, uh, Jesus can restore my marriage. Another one wrote in said, Jesus can overcome my past and use it for his good. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. We've heard from several of our listening family. Yeah. In fact, we had a little shout out from the app. Hey guys, this is Gary Palmieri. I'm a veteran, a family of four. I was life flighted due to a brain bleed October 27th, this past October 27th through November 2nd uh, from Colcord, Oklahoma. I was at death's door, um, so they told me um, at Washington Regional where I got the best care ever. Um, so I want to tell the staff, no matter how tough, difficult it is, please don't quit. I'm alive for my family. Uh, you are an extension of Jesus's healing hands. Wow, man. It's awesome. Jesus can heal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he does it all on his own. Sometimes he uses some healthcare superheroes too along the way. I completely agree. It's not a matter of if Jesus can or can't. It's a matter of if it's in his plan or not. And it can be hard to wrestle with that. Not knowing what those plans are and waiting to see God make it happen and wondering what he's going to do. At least in my own life, I can look back over the past several years and see how he was at work. He does work in mysterious ways, but he is definitely at work. Up next is Chaplain Justin. All right, so we're going to do a chaplain chat. Um, you may not know this about Chaplain Justin. He's a multimedia sensation. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. He's not only on the radio, but uh. he's on a podcast as well mm-hmm. uh, with Anson from the Afternoon Show. It's on our sister station, the Real FM app. Mm-hmm. And you guys have a little podcast called Faith Refresh. And I love it because you're kind of tackling those questions. And you're like... I might need to do a refresh here. Like, how do I look at this again? Because I've I've wrestled with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the most recent episode, you guys dove into the question of like, what do we do with filling whatever biblical character you want to that has a shady, messy side to Mm -hmm. their story as well, right? We hold them up as heroes, but if you're totally honest and look at the story, like there's some pretty rough edges around mm-hmm. all that even this whole thing's come up recently i've been talking to people about the jesus revolution movie oh, and the yeah. things that have been going on there right yeah. some people that got used to do some really cool stuff pretty rough around their edges if yeah. you research the stories right they're mm-hmm. not perfect right they're right. humans mm-hmm. like the rest of us 
But what do you do with that? These are like these are supposed to be our heroes. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you handle that? They're actually in the good book, you know. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> well, it kind of comes from and and you know everyone probably has a sense who's listening that um, some people stumble over even if they're they're believers. Um, I'm so, supposed to read this um, this this Bible, these stories in the Bible. And these characters are people I want to follow their example in some way. Uh, I see them as moral examples. I want to follow in their footsteps. And, you know, God uses them in big ways. I want God to use me in big ways. And then you come uh, across things where they're not good examples, Mm -hmm. terrible examples. Yeah. And people stumble, you know, over that and say, well, now what do I do with the Bible? I can't follow their example. I thought they were good people. You know, and then people who are not yet believers also stumble on that. Like, right. see like, hey, these people, hypocrites, hypocrites yep. exactly is the word. And um, so I think we need to remember that the, the, the story of the Bible, the heroes and the, 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 the different examples are, are not ultimately the heroes of the story or the mm-hmm. heroines, you know, that God's the hero of the story. He's the one that's saving and people are sinners saved by grace. You know, like yeah, we're sinners first, right? Yes, right. And uh, and, and so the fact that God saves or uses any of them is a miracle and a, a a demonstration of His grace and His love. And so we should expect um, different characters to be mixed bags, like we we are. Mm-hmm. And that's actually good news. Yeah. Because God yeah. did use them, even though they had uh, tremendous shortcomings in different ways or faults, and and I also have that, mm-hmm. and um, and God can meet me there and help me forward. That's really good news mm. for uh, all to of me. Us. If there's anything that that shows is that just shows how much we need mm-hmm. God, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was reading recently someone. Uh, wrote this again named Rich Mullins, but he said, I never understood why going to church made you a hypocrite because nobody goes to church because they're perfect. If you got it all together, you don't need to go. You can go jogging with all the other perfect people (laughs) on Sunday morning. Um, He said, every time you go to church, you're confessing again to yourself, to your family, to the people you pass on the way there, to the people who will greet you there, that you don't have to have it all together and that you need their support. You need their direction. You need some accountability. You need some help. Yeah. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that idea of just being able to embrace we're all a mixed bag. Yes. That's the beauty of grace, mm-hmm. right, for all Absolutely. of us. Uh, if you want to hear more of this conversation, Justin and Anson, it's the new episode of the Faith Refresh podcast. I think that was a crucial reminder for us today that being in church is not about being perfect. And the people of the Bible were just like us, imperfect. So many people are leaving the church today and walking away from their faith. I had a conversation just a few days ago with a young person who told me they want to leave their faith because life without it seemed more free. That expectations everyone has on them, you know, who they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do, was crippling. Expectations of being perfect. I was able to comfort this person and let them know that God never asks us to be perfect. In fact, that's the whole point of Jesus, right? That he was the perfect sacrifice. And God wants us to just come to him as we are. And through relationship with him, we become better people, more like Christ. Such important reminders. And it may seem like stuff we hear all the time as Christians and we think we know it. But then we meet someone like the person I just talked to. 
and realize how badly people need to hear these truths. So thank you, Chaplain Justin, for sharing that. And you can download the Real FM app to find all the Real FM podcasts like the Faith Refresh podcast with Justin and Anson, or you can find the Faith Refresh podcast wherever you find your podcasts. I've really enjoyed listening to the episodes and learning a lot. Next is a positive, different story that's sure to make you smile. All right, so on Friday, the folks at the Benville School System posted a picture with a teacher and student twinning. You know. <laughs> That's so awesome. Full same attire. We're talking, they both have jean jackets on with jeans. They both got the pink t-shirt underneath. I rocking a big smile. I mean, like, we're talking full-blown twinning. Here's why. Ari Baker Elementary School students were asked on Friday to dress like their favorite superhero, right? So all the classic superheroes. This is great. But second grader Caroline Carlson had a different idea. She wanted to dress just like her teacher, Jamie Dye. Her her superhero. I was like, this is really cool. So they took a little picture. The post has been spreading all over. It includes a little caption that says, forget the cape. Throw on the jean jacket and change the world wherever you are today, Bentonville. That's pretty awesome. I love it. That's really, really Is fun. that why you wore a black jacket today like me? <laughs> so I could dress like So you could dress like your hero? superhero. <laughs> <sighs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> oh, why. I'm you. glad you figured it out. Thank you, Mark. Teachers truly are superheroes. We love celebrating teachers here at KLRC thanks to our Teacher of the Week program. And in case you didn't know, your child can nominate his or her teacher online at klrc.com teacher. They get a $50 Visa gift card. And it's just a small way of saying thanks for all the love and hard work those amazing teachers put into making a difference for our kids. Here's Isaac with an idea for those who work at home. Nicole is a 24-year-old who works as a data analyst and a streamer on TikTok, all for about four to five hours a day. She also web streams and live streams her day. And if you're asking yourself, how does she do this? Well, she's got this platform called Working Alone Together. She has this cool desk set up with ambient music and will sometimes stop from working on her job to answer questions that people might have for her. And this might seem a little weird, but with more people doing remote work, people are kind of missing having a traditional coworker. So there's this new trend among Zoom, Twitch, and TikTok, where people are working from home and just setting up their cameras and working alone with people, um, which is kind of a bizarre concept. (laughs) And if I didn't have the greatest coworkers ever in the form of people that I'm in the office with, and when I do work from home sometimes, my dogs... I guess I could see myself doing this. I think it'd be nice to have that little interaction, but maybe that takes away from the whole, you know, distraction-free environment that we're supposed to have when we're working from home. I don't know. It may be because I'm 24 years old, but I love this idea. I love the idea of working with people online when you're working from home. I think this honestly just goes to show humans nature for community, even when we're working from home. We need it. We crave that community. But I am too much of a people person. I kind of go crazy if I work from home too much, which is why I am glad I get to come here to the station. Here's some more from Isaac. How cool is it that we serve a God that doesn't sleep? 
And by that, I mean, I'm looking at Psalm 121, talking about the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And that's a beautiful piece of imagery. I'm imagining, you know, those cowboy movies where they're out maybe trying to find lost cattle and they're trying to keep watch. Someone takes watch through the night. Someone stays up to tend the campfire and to make sure no danger approaches them. Or thinking about how uh, tribes would have moved through the desert. Someone would watch over the flock at night and watch over the camp and make sure that no harm came to anyone. The idea of a night watchman was something that makes sense across all of these different cultures. And knowing that our God is still in charge, even when we are asleep, safe and sound, is incredible. And for me, it's even more reassuring to know this during the difficult times when I might be tempted to ask, was anyone keeping watch last night when this hardship happened, when this relationship got hurt? The answer is always yes. God's never been asleep, even through the hard times. He's still there with us and he's still in control. That is so reassuring to me. And I hope that's reassuring to you as well. Another powerful reminder of who God is and how he is at work, even when we don't see it. And it's a reminder to have no fear because God is protecting us. Here's Robert talking about fear. Learning how to deal with fear, it's a process. I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and I was reading a devotional where the author was sharing that we were not made for fear. That was never God's intention for us. Fear can actually make us feel physically sick sometimes. Fear makes it harder for us to listen to each other, even to forgive each other. And here's the thing, fear can often make it harder for us to listen to God. So how about something practical to deal with fear? Check this out. When fear makes you feel frantic. Try pausing and say, God, I want to hear what you have to say about this. And then just listen for him to speak to your spirit. That is some awesome and practical advice from Robert, and I love it. It's really easy to think of prayer as something to tell God and not a time where we can listen to God. Good stuff. Here's some more good stuff from Robert. For as long as I can remember, I have always had quirky cars. I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC. I've never really owned anything new, and so my cars would need a lot of work. They would break down at random times. I can't tell you how many times I was on the freeway, and then the engine goes kaput, and so I'd pull over to the side, and I'd remember, ah, yes, this is why I have roadside assistance. And so they'd come rescue me, and I think about how sometimes in life we get into these impossible situations where we don't know what to do next. And I just want to remind you that we do have a life roadside assistance plan, and that's God. He is always ready to be there for the rescue. God never sleeps. God listens. We don't have to be afraid. And God is ready. But what about the challenges of talking to a God who we can't really see, can't really hear, not in like a literal sense, and he's all powerful and all knowing? How do we talk to him? Here's some thoughts from Anson and Kara. You know, it's kind of interesting, Kara. I have three kids, and when we're sitting down before we're about to eat at mealtime, and I ask, who would like to pray tonight? Hmm. I have two kids, the 11-year-old and the three-year-old, that both instantly raise their hand and go, me, 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 me. (laughs) And then I have one, the eight-year-old, 
who never raises her hand. Oh, yes. And even when she's called upon, uh -huh. she's not so sure that she wants to do it. That's fair. And so me and her were talking about this the other day, and I said, you know, what is it about not wanting to pray before meals? Is there something about it that bothers you or that you don't mm. like? I just want to understand. And she said, I just don't ever feel like I know the words to say. Aww. And I was like, hey, can I let you in on a secret? Same here. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that feel that way oh, yeah. when it comes to prayer. You are not alone. Yeah. And so we've spent some time lately talking about the mechanics of prayer. What are mm. the words that we're supposed to say? Yeah. What are the types of things we're supposed to pray about? <laughs> and uh, I found a really helpful resource from author Trevin Wax. He talks about some of those components of prayer and specifically about why praise matters in prayer. Oh, yeah. But he starts off with a bit of a disclaimer that I think is really, really important. He says, if you're like me, when you pray spontaneously, you often push past the preliminaries and get right to your needs, uh -huh. right? Lord, I need you for this, or can you help me with that? Mm. And he points out, and I totally agree, and this is what I helped try to explain to my daughter, there's nothing wrong with going right to your need. Mm. If there's something that's urgent, that's on your heart, that's on your mind, that's okay to just jump right in and pray about with God anytime. Yeah, totally. Because it acknowledges our dependence on God, right? Mm, yes. And Trevin says, you're not thinking of God correctly if you only see him as a distant king with arms crossed because you've not yet bowed or curtsied your way into oh, his presence. Yeah. Here's the crucial line. He may be king, but he's also your father. Mm. And he delights in hearing and answering his children, whether or not you followed the quote, proper <laughs> protocol in addressing his majesty. Yes. When I hear people talk about their struggles with prayer, often they say they don't know how to sound right. They don't know how to use the right words or how to sound, you know, and there's a pressure to sound like the people who pray right. And so they don't like praying, and I think that's heartbreaking. Prayer is our direct communication to God. It shouldn't be about what anyone else thinks. But it's kind of comforting to know, young or old, we all struggle with this thing called prayer and figuring out how to talk to God. We do have a resource here at KLRC if you're interested. It's a podcast called Prayer Starters, and the host, Suzanne, just walks you through a couple minutes, prompting you into that conversation with God. Here's some more from Anson and Kara, a little warning for us all. Consider this your friendly reminder that we're all about to be a little less friendly next week. Oh, no. Why is that? <laughs> well, daylight saving time is coming this weekend. Oh, I uh, know. You're right. All our sleep schedules are going to be off. Oh, no. The experts say that what we need to do is start now adjusting to this. Ah. So like set everybody's alarms 15 minutes early. Okay. And then after another day or two, set them a bit earlier. Yeah, Do yeah. the same with your pets Ease maybe. And they're feeding. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, and then by next week, it won't feel so bad. And I'm just saying, they tell us this every year. <laughs> and do we do it? <laughs> yeah. No, we don't right. do it. We You're just so get right. cranky and drink more coffee <laughs> next week. But if you want to do it, here's your <laughs> maybe reminder. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the time. Experts give us all kinds of advice for how to handle daylight savings time, but here's my question. Why do we even have to deal with it in the first place? There's been talk for a while now about getting rid of the whole add an hour, subtract an hour, and I am in that camp. Why are we making things more difficult on ourselves? Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap-up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. 
Until then, have a great weekend.